Podcast fam. Today, we have the honor of talking with Rick Staub, co-founder and CEO of the Intermed Group, a national provider of healthcare technology management services powered by innovation and expansive industry experience based in Alachua, Florida. In 2006, Rick and his wife, Michelle, started a nonprofit and the official charity of the Intermed Group, Tyler's Hope for a Dystonia Cure, shortly after their son, Tyler, was diagnosed with dystonia. In today's episode, we hear all about these incredible organizations. Enjoy. You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. I am your host, Colin Austin, and my co-host, Michael Dees. You guys, I'm sorry to tell you this, but he will not be with us moving forward uh, with the WHOA GNV podcast. Um, so let me take a second to explain everything. You guys, Mike has been with our organization, New Scooters for Less, for years. I've known the guy since 2004. And uh, last year, I know we talked about it on the podcast a little bit, but Mike uh, moved to Jacksonville, and because he's loyal to a fault, <laughs> Uh, he drove back and forth every single day to help me with the chaos of COVID-19 and its impact on new scooters for less. Um, so that time has come. That time has come for him to make that transition more permanent, and he has officially moved to Jacksonville. Uh, I'll go ahead and disp- <laughs> dispel any rumors. Mike was not fired, and he didn't quit either. This was a very mutual Uh, This was very mutual, and the timing felt right for him and for New Scooters for Less, you guys. And he will definitely be back at some point um, to give you guys a final goodbye. But I just wanted to give you guys a little little heads up and let you know that he won't be moving forward with us. And I don't know what that means for the show. I might do it solo. I might look for another co-host. I I really have no idea. It kind of depends on what you guys want, what the what the audience wants. So don't be afraid to uh, to email me and let me know. But Mike, we love you and I'll miss you, brother. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for this show, and of course for New Scooters for Less and uh, the impact that you've had on all of the organizations that we've been a part of (laughs) over these 17 years. It's been crazy. Um, But I just really appreciate you, man. So thank you so much. And you guys, definitely find Mike on Instagram. Give him some love. Drop him a little note and tell him thank you. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully I can carry the load well enough. (laughs) I'll give it my best go. Uh, So I'm excited to get into today's show. But before we do, let's thank some sponsors. You guys... I just had my first in-person speaking event in well over a year, and I got to speak to the wonderful team at The Best Restoration. Our friend Jorge invited me to come and speak about the UCE, the ultimate customer experience, and it was a blast. Uh, I'm so honored to have The Best Restoration as a sponsor of our show. You know you need to have friends on your side when those disasters happen. When that toilet overflows, the washing machine leaks, or when the pipe bursts in the wall, or if you're like us and you move into a business and the place is full of mold, call our friends at The Best Restoration. They can do it all. I can speak firsthand to the quality of their work and with their certified techs and state-of-the-art equipment, these guys are the masters of disaster. Give them a call at 352-353-0768 or visit them at thebestrestoration.com. And also, I want to give a special thanks to the GNV Commercial Advisors at Collier's Gainesville. Gainesville is growing every day, and no one knows that better than the GNV Commercial Advisory Team at Collier's Gainesville. They help businesses and investors of all sizes buy, sell, lease, and manage their properties in North Central Florida. The GNV Commercial Advisory Team has the most local experience and expertise in town. Plus, they have the resources of a global firm to get your commercial real estate deal done. I'm doing a call for offers on a property that ends today, April 5th at 5 p.m. That's right, even I am testing the market and the GNV Commercial Advisory Team has been there every step of the way. Are you ready to get started on your next commercial project? See what these guys can do for you at colliers.com slash Gainesville. Thank you again to all of the sponsors that make this show possible. Now let's get into the show. Today on the show, we have Rick Staub, co-founder and chief executive officer of the Intermed Group and president of Tyler's Hope 
for a dystonia cure. Rick, my friend, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Colin. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm super excited that we finally got you in here. We're at episode 145. And you are here, man. So thanks for coming. That's awesome. Well, I, I, I do want to say, like, I'm sorry I didn't meet Mike, but he sounds like a like a great guy to have alongside of you this whole time. So thanks, man. He is. He's a hell of a guy, and uh, you know, he, Jacksonville is okay. <laughs> it's no Gainesville, in my opinion, but it's okay. And so he'll be back plenty of times. It's not that far away. It's it's pretty. It's far if you got to do that drive every day, though. You know, yeah. back and forth, hour and a half each way. Ugh. But he'll be back. He's a loyal, loyal, loyal Gator. <laughs> so he'll be here for all those games. Uh, it'll it'll be all good. You'll get to meet him at some point. But but thank That's you. Good. Also, your uh, your sponsor's Jorge. I've known him for a while, and he supported uh, Towers Hope Foundation for many years. So excellent. Glad to hear that Dude, on he, the show. He's so supportive of so many things in this community. That guy's just got a heart of gold. You know. Yep. So awesome, man. Well, I love to dive into the, dive into the history. Like <laughs> that's what's so great about the show is like I really want to hear your story. It's funny. I, I I say this all the time. It's like I know so many people here in Gainesville, but then I start like what they come in here, they <laughs> and we start diving into their story, and I'm like, man, I didn't know anything about you. <laughs> so take us take us back, man. I want to hear uh, how you you know became the CEO of the Intermed Group and how you got to Gainesville and everything. Sure. I appreciate that. And uh, I, I'm envious of your position of being able to do this. I know you enjoy it a lot, but, uh, uh, but being able to really uh, get to know that part of people uh, when you go through this is, is amazing to me. Because I, I know a lot of people in town and, and all over, but getting to know them at that level is, is different. Um, so I'm in Gainesville because uh, when I went away to college, my father and my parents moved to Gainesville, uh, and my father was, a, was the chairman of the radiology department at, at UF Health at the time, Chance. And so when I came back, I was supposed to go into a pharmaceutical sales job that fell through before it ever started. Uh, and so I stayed in Gainesville. I was stopping off in Gainesville on the way down to Pompano Beach. Uh, when, when that happened, I started working for a local company that does what I do. Uh, and they, they brought me on to work on equipment. I went down to a hospital in Ocala called Monroe Regional Medical Center. Went back to Santa Fe to get an electronics degree and uh, uh, just really started down this path. But all along, I think, uh, even though I didn't realize it at that time, uh, I had to, I was an entrepreneur. So I wanted to own my own thing, you know, invest, but, but I always thought I could do things a little better, a little differently than, than what I was uh, exposed to. And so a couple years after, uh, you know, it, it was funny. I worked for a, a gentleman and a company called Technical Shared Services. And the guy that owned that, Francisco Callejas Dichon, was a uh, Nicaraguan guy. And he was getting a lot of his properties back and things like that. So he was spending his time there. And, you know, at a very young age, he put me in charge of of his company while he was gone. And so I, I learned a lot of things, uh, uh, you know, both good and bad uh, along that way uh, and thought I need to, I, I need to go on my own and, and start this. I think I could do it better and start fresh and uh, was looking for capital, uh, got some people to invest uh, in doing this, actually tried to to buy the company that uh, that I was working for. Uh, and How old then, were you when you were working with him and he had kind of... Uh, 20, early 20s, 21, 22. Okay. Uh, and uh, when, <clears throat> so I got nervous in the process of borrowing a bunch of money to try to acquire the company. I'd never done anything or even fathomed doing anything like that. Uh, but my oldest brother, Ken, uh, was kind of helping me. He came from finance and the banking world and and all this uh so in the process of doing that i got uncomfortable and 
uh, went instead of borrowing that money, I, I backed out of that agreement and started my own company called ProTech at the time. Um, and and months later, I had worked with another gentleman uh, who became my partner, uh, David Bowerly, who had a local x-ray company here, uh, and we decided to partner up and uh, what became the Intermed Group, uh, offer all the different services to hospitals and different things. And then, you know, it grew over the years. We became five different companies uh, with different modalities, uh, uh, focusing on different parts of hospital services. And then in 2016, uh, we brought them all back together again as the Intermed Group. So before they were Intermed Nuclear Medicine, Intermed Biomedical, Intermed X-Ray, Intermed PAX, and Intermed Ultrasound, you know, where they focused on those those particular things. Was there a particular reason you set it up that way? Uh, just take care of different, uh, I guess, employees getting into different areas and, and separating out uh, those responsibilities. You know, you had to focus on, on certain modalities that that were specialized back then and now uh, we've wrapped them together because we have more resources bigger uh, number of people to add as support and technical support and things like that cool that's it in a nutshell yeah that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> I, I made it sound simpler than it was uh, <laughs> I'm sure I mean uh, when somebody asks when somebody comes up to you and says uh, what do you do like yeah. how do you explain it to them well I always answer I'm a dancer but I don't make any money at dancing, so, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just because you know, break the break the ice, whatever. But uh, we provide medical equipment services, so healthcare technology management is what we do, uh, and that's we've grown from in the southeast mainly to east coast and nationwide, and in, innovated some new ways to service healthcare. Okay, and like. What about the business just put you on fire? Was it something specific that you guys were like working on, or was it just that you kind of fell into, you know, working with this with this other gentleman, and then you liked the business, you know? Well, like, were you always in the medical? I was always field? in medical, even uh, before I realized that that was something I really liked to do. Yeah, uh, and you know, whether it's divine intervention or whatever else like things just kind of fell into place fell into place and worked together um i i like healthcare and a focus on health uh and i also like technology uh because it's always changing and and it it creates challenges so i like to be challenged all the time and uh and get into new things learn new things and I got with a great group of people that, that helped me uh, move in that direction. It's gotta be incredibly challenging, right? I mean, given given a 2021 world where it seems like technology changes constantly. So, I mean, so in healthcare, technology changes all the time. And it's, you know, things that, that, that treat or take care of lives, your mother, your daughter, your sister, whoever. Uh, and so, w- it's impactful. You can see the benefits of what you do, especially if you do it better than everybody else, uh, which is what our goal is, uh, to be the best in the industry and kind of set the bar. Healthcare always changes. Like, every everything changes right now. you got to expect change. Technology's developing at such a rapid rate that tomorrow looks different than today. So you have to be able to embrace change and kind of you know, look, look forward to it. Uh, in a way, to stay on, in front of things. And so I always felt that way. I'm always, whether it's ADD or whatever else, I always wanted new challenges and to try new things and learn new things. And so uh, this was a way where where I could have an impact but not be stagnant in the approach to new things. Okay. I also know that, like, you've owned other businesses, <laughs> right? You had a wine bar down in downtown Gainesville at one point, um, hotels in South Carolina at one point. I mean, yeah. did, 
still what, have those but yeah okay so like, i'm really interested in that like at what point did you know this this journey turn into more of a serial entrepreneurial journey and you got involved in all these other things was it much later on no i think it was it was uh i started to discover that that's what i really wanted to do and that i had an entrepreneurship spirit uh when i worked for that group technical shared services um because i was doing all kinds of other things too not just not just in the core business that i was working in i I tried to do different things to have an impact and make money and when we started intermed and everything's always a challenge like you could be more successful and more uh you know affect different things so whenever something else presented itself that I thought I could learn and do well, I jumped in, you know, especially if, if people weren't sure that I could do it. I, that's a that's a, uh, a driving factor, you know? It is, that's a huge factor, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that's one of the things Mike always said to me, it was like, or to other people, is when somebody said, you know, oh, you can't do that. He would always be like, "Don't tell Colin he can't do it because he'll simply want to do it just to prove you wrong." <laughs> right now, I now I look for those things. Yeah, right. Like we have to run a ultra Ragnar, which is two hundred miles with uh, six friends or five friends, uh, six of us. Done like anything that I want to. I want to create a bigger challenge so that you can have a bigger impact. And then always look to do things a little differently, but only differently if it's more efficient or more effective. So I know a lot of people say the same things, but really, like, I just uh, love to be tested or challenged in that way because I don't think there's anything that we can't do or accomplish that we can think of if we have the right mindset and drive towards doing that. Do you get burnt out easily, though? No. No? I mean, with all these different things, different projects, like how do you stay on top of it all? I think that's my, my biggest thing is like, I I feel like I'm very similar. Like I love to be involved in a lot of different things, but, and I, I don't know, maybe like, I have a hard time saying no to a lot of things. So people ask, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Like <laughs> even, in, even this week, I mean, I'm only on Tuesday and I've been asked to like help with, you know, three different events and, you know, and different things. And I'm like, man. I really want to say yes, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to overcommit. I don't want to burn out. I guess those are some I, of the things that come to my mind. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't feel like I get burned out. I, I get more frustrated with not being able to do more. Okay. Um, so, uh, and there's never enough time, never enough things. Now that doesn't mean that I don't drop things. You know, I have a uh, wonderful assistant in uh, Mercedes. Uh, She's awesome. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, of course. But uh, she she helps keep me in line to make sure that I'm not dropping things. Uh, so I I don't I, I don't have a problem saying no, but if it's something that has less impact, uh, but there's always opportunities out there. Uh, and if I didn't have something. If I wasn't juggling a bunch of things and trying to do more, uh, then I'm not sure I'd be as happy. Yeah, right. I uh, I re- it's funny that you said that because I recently made a like a post on social media post or something, and I said something along the lines of, as a as an idea generating visionary entrepreneur, the the hardest part about my life is not knowing which idea to pursue. Because <laughs> there's like so many, and it's like, man, like, you know, and and I and I'm definitely one of these people that I feel like I can't do everything. Like I gotta like tune it into at least a couple of things, right? What's important is to me is, uh, and I've had to learn this. You know, my companies have gone from, you know, tiny one or two man shops to two hundred plus people to, you know. Uh, all kinds of different sizes. Is that uh, how big Intermed is? Intermed right now uh, is 200 employees okay. and about $50 million in revenue. Okay. Uh, with potential by the end of 2021 to be at 80 to $100 million in revenue and 300 employees. Wow. So 
we have a lot going on now. Um, it's a great opportunity, and and we're not driven by bigger, more employees. Um, it's it's, but we have to be bigger to have a bigger impact. So really, what we want to do, and don't tell our investors, right? <laughs> is uh, is take healthcare and create through efficiencies and cost savings more accessibility for the patients, right? And we we lose sight of that uh, nationally, and I'm sure I'm going to be displaced at some point because I'm very active uh, at the federal level and, and everything else too with, uh, we have protected big business uh, and there's nothing wrong with profits or anything that you can you could do things but uh, but especially in healthcare and COVID you know shined a big light on that mm. is we we put the emphasis on the the companies and protecting them and their profits and things like that when if we took a step back and we made the patient the the sun and everything rotated around you know patient care and patients then uh, we would do things differently. It wouldn't be a question. And so that's kind of the approach that we take with Intermed. Those other things will come, and we can't have the impact without getting bigger, but that's our ultimate goal, that and curing dystonia. So Tyler's Hope is part of, uh, of all our people, but what I, was, what I was originally starting out to say with that is it's real important, and what I've had to learn over this time is uh, to surround yourself with really good people. So you can have great ideas, you can't implement them all, you have to get people that are better than you at helping implement, put those things in place, and deciding which ones are worthy or more worthy of pursuing. Right? Yeah, I need a lot of integrators in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you are an integrator out there, come join me. I got lots of great ideas. I can just be like, here, run with it. Run with it, run with it. Just yeah. keep handing them out, man. <laughs> so I, I, I get involved uh, in all aspects. I love, you know, and that's part of our recruitment and in uh, our culture at, at Intermed is giving back to the local communities and being involved in the local communities. When you are, it's like data input. You know more, kind of like interviewing or talking with people and you find out different things, you, you get a de- deeper bond, a, a different relationship, mm-hmm. and you could be more effective. So so whether it was the chamber or uh, different companies or whatever else, we get involved uh, with the local communities. And, and the way that I think I've evolved, I'd like to think it, uh, for the better is, is, is being more uh, broad or seeing from a 10,000 foot view how things are supposed to be or go in the future to, to create better things and being more analytic. Can capture all the data and the information to make better decisions uh, versus the details of the daily operations and the things that I used to really focus on. All very important, but uh, but in my successful businesses, I have really good people that are better at that. How long did it take you to kind of get to that point? Still evolving. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, but, Cause I mean, what, but so like far it's taken about 25 years. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, you know, I think make progress in those years a little bit, step at a time. Uh, but uh, and at times I still get drawn back into that because like, I don't want to think that, you know, just because you're the CEO or or – founder or something of whatever it is, you're not willing to uh, do some of the same things that you're asking others to do. Right. Right. Yeah. That'll probably be a question that I ask a lot of people over the next (laughs) couple of years. Because I mean, I feel like, and I've talked about on the show, I always kind of get pulled back into the scooter dealership, right? I've been trying to evolve into other areas and, and it's like, uh, well, come right back in. Hey, hey, there's a pandemic over here. Come right back <laughs> and, yeah. and help with that. You know, so it's, I don't know, man. Hopefully you got you to gotta do what you have to do sometimes. That's uh, yeah. we called it uh, sexual energy. You got to do whatever the <laughs> takes. Uh, pardon me. Okay. Uh, 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 and sometimes you, you do that. But, uh, you know, I, I 
and much more so into planning and strategy uh, to and to help other people uh, help execute. Like I love now, it's all about relationships and, mm-hmm. and building those through helping everybody elevate. Okay. Which makes sense. <laughs> what is, uh, I mean, so what does your day look like? You know, like what's, what is Rick's Dobbs routine? It changes often. Okay. Uh, but I try to have a set schedule that changes every day. Uh, but depending on what it is and what's most important, I'll go from anywhere from uh, I've been doing and learning a lot of M&A, mergers and acquisition work. Uh, and so I do some of that as a CEO of Intermed uh, and uh, interaction with the leadership team from an operations or a human resources standpoint, but more of a, a cheerleader to, uh, to to the leadership team, not a cheerleader because they're there, but, but we work as a, as a group of, of people that, that hopefully are rowing in the same direction and, and getting uh, others uh, that are direct reports to us to evolve and, and get better. Um, they're in a, probably an hour or a minute that goes by uh, or when I think I can go to sleep and not put some research into neurological disorders and dystonia and and trying to find a cure for quite selfishly my kids um but half a million other people in the u.s uh so and i know we can do it like this is probably easier than any other things even though it's a huge challenge uh uh that's what you know that's also one of the things that drives me besides the fact that it's my family and my kids sure i can't can imagine a more motivating challenge. Well, right. so I mean, why don't you kind of tell our audience a little bit about your son and Tyler's Hope, and you know, kind of the work that you guys are doing there. Well, so one one thing you asked about before that I think is real important is these things just kind of come together. Yeah. So this challenge is also, uh, you know, the people within our company, within our organization, are behind that. We wear it on our sleeves, on all our emails, have it in our signature. It's awareness, raising funds, doing the research. 97% of every dollar we raise goes directly to research to find a cure for dystonia. Um, And so would you say that's the bigger mission of your organizations or that is congruent with a mission of, so we want to make uh, healthcare more accessible for patients which would also be dystonia patients or whoever right. else. And we see the, see the challenges, see how much better we can make healthcare if we do our job well and grow nationally. Um, it's probably, honestly, more, uh, you know, I'm more in tune with the finding a cure for dystonia, but, but the employees all are very uh, supportive of that. They volunteer time. They... They know about dystonia. It's part of their orientation, part of their recruitment. You know, uh, like I said, everything we do um, because we're dealing with healthcare providers. So it's on our contracts. You know, we can create that awareness and in the industry that that is going to have the biggest impact on this or the research. Um, so. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, there's it's a more, lot of purpose More of there. mine, yeah, there's, there's a lot of why, you know. Yeah, for sure. Simon Simic gave me his uh, coin when he came here. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, but but it really is part of a, the culture of Intermed, and, and it helps us, you know. I think it helps us a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for, our, you know, some of our audience who might not know what dystonia is, can you explain it really quick? So the easiest way to explain dystonia, and it's it's a movement disorder, uh, like Parkinson's or essential tremor, uh, things like that. But if I go to pick up this beer, for instance, uh, you have to have a contracting and a relaxing muscle in order to make that happen. And the signals get mixed up in their brain at some point uh, where they may both contract at the same time. So it can be very... Mm. debilitating and painful at times and uh 
but it's not degenerative like most other diseases. It is, they call it a disorder because nothing's dying. Uh, they just have mixed up signals. So in the case of my son, hence the name Tyler's Hope, Tyler uh, played sports, was active, and when he was seven, he started losing the ability to uh, control his muscles. So very smart kid, uh, uh, you know, very motivated, got a great sense of humor. Um, but it's like caging somebody up uh, in this process uh, because it's hard for him to talk just because controlling your jaw muscles, um, hard to walk, do the normal things of every day. He had, he was the youngest boy in America, youngest kid in America to ever have what they call deep brain stimulation, DBS surgery, uh, that's widely used now and is very effective, but, and it gave him a lot of his, uh, a lot of his abilities back, so his right side of his body, so now he has the independence of being able to drive, you know, do a lot of things that he couldn't do before that were taken away from him. How old is he now? Uh, 23. Okay. If I get that wrong, <laughs> you have to <laughs> edit it. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry yeah. to put you on the spot there, No, Dad. no. Then uh, uh, my daughter, Samantha, uh, was also diagnosed a few years later um, with dystonia and was very twisted up. It was hard for her and painful even to be in a wheelchair or sit on the couch because she was very twisted. She also had DBS at a young age and got even more benefit from it for her quality of life. She ended up playing libero for a high school volleyball team and she has straight A's and is in the nursing program at the University of Alabama. So she's excelled and, and, and does well and probably will end up uh, impacting dystonia even more with her nursing or maybe go to med school or, or something. I know she's very interested in that research and and talks about it and she's very good at it. So we'll see. When, I, I kind of want to throw it back to when Tyler was seven. I mean, when you first realized that this was happening, I mean, what, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes as, as a parent. Because I mean, my kids right now are, Seven and eleven. Hopefully, I get my kids' ages right. <laughs> They're seven and eleven, you know. So, I mean, what's a, you know, what was your first, you know, instinct interaction? Like, did you just kind of approach it as like, okay, this is just a challenge that we're gonna have to deal with, or do you even remember? No, at, at first, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. I can I can see actually uh, in my mind the day. I knew there was an issue, but we didn't really know what it was. And my my father was there. Um, he's a doctor. He was a doctor. Um, and I've been around medicine and thought I knew stuff I'd never heard of dystonia before, right? And uh, he was shooting hoops on a little indoor basketball hoop. Uh, and his elbow, his right elbow, would when he'd go to shoot, would kind of shake and he'd have to keep it out like a big chicken wing or something. And, and I would tell him, you know, try to keep your elbow in, that's gonna make your shot better or whatever else. And he couldn't do it. And we knew that there was something wrong and my uh, father said, yeah, we'll, we'll get him in, get him seen by a neurologist. And at the time it was a pediatric neurologist and we went everywhere. Uh, all over the country to the best pediatric neurologists uh, to finally, pretty quickly, he would he rapidly deteriorated. His his symptoms uh, got much worse pretty quickly. Uh, we didn't know if he was going to die or or what was going to happen. And he how quickly was it? So he came back in. You know, we're five miles from Shands University of Florida, and Doctor Oaken, who's an adult neurologist, uh, was coming by on a consult stepped in and uh, and basically within five minutes said, I know what this is, we'll do a genetic test, we'll do you know blood tests, uh, but like I know what this is. So, and he was right, right? And I, so in a lot of ways we feel very blessed. We have, 
you know, the the duo that started the Movement Disorder Center here, Dr. Oaken and Dr. Kelly Foote, are remarkable. You don't see that anywhere else in the world, a neurosurgeon and a neurologist getting along so well and doing things like that. Uh, but these are world-renowned people in their field. And that being so close to us uh, was, was, you know, if there was a blessing in this, that was it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we immediately said, uh, you know, we were up trying to figure out what the heck this was and what could we do about it and what is the basically prognosis. And uh, so that's why I said there's, you know, if you could stay awake all night, there's plenty of stuff you could do to have an impact. I'd hate to leave this planet one day and not have done enough, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Michelle, his mom, and I uh, – just thought and actually the encouragement of family and friends and everybody that that made it happen uh we decided to start the foundation we knew we could raise some money we thought we'd have a golf tournament golf tournament turned out to be you know extraordinarily successful as far as raising money with great friends and family around you know those relationships and things we'd built up and uh and so uh that's how it started we knew you know, I've told people this, uh, and you probably understand it more than than others. But I, we didn't feel like we had a choice. You know, it's you either. What are you going to do? Sit in the corner and feel sorry for yourself or your kid or whatever. But how's that going to help them or anyone else? Uh, and we thought we have to do something, and this is what we can do. Uh, and then it's then it's somewhat the challenge you know uh like people don't think we're going to do this and do it as well as we are so now we're going to go out and prove to them we can find a a cure for this and move on to the next thing knock down the first domino yeah uh and so that's still what we're doing and still what i'm hopeful for sooner rather than later I've invited Snoop Dogg to the party in Gainesville when we find a cure. Uh, <laughs> and I'll invite anybody else who wants to come because it's going to happen. Awesome. Uh, we just got to get there. Yeah. I mean, if there was a timeline or a scale, like, is there any way to measure how close or no? All, all I can say is we're closer. So one of the great things about it is we have a known gene and a known protein that causes all the symptoms in Tyler and Samantha. Right, so all the research is very targeted. Where before, it was spent maybe on Parkinson's and dystonia. Got you know whatever the you know the secondary effects or things that could be applied to that. Where we're we're funding direct research in dystonia, and you don't have to rebuild anything since it's not degenerative. So when we find the cure, they are cured. All you have to do is stop the symptoms. Right? And the protein that is causes all the symptoms is a mutation of a protein that is also that the body still produces. So it's such a it's a single gene deletion that causes a single protein mutation that the body produces both what they call the wild type, the normal protein and the mutated protein. So it's possible you eliminate the uh, mutated protein and your body functions normally like being low on iron or something mm. um there's all kinds of stuff so Why we use crispr cas9 and we use protein therapies and and now pharmaceuticals that look very promising uh there's a very very small percentage of the population that take uh dopamine and are cured like they don't have the symptoms anymore uh so it's just another more evidence that that it's out there we just have to find it is there a reason like why it happens at like later on in life or it, i mean it happened to tyler at seven you know like why i mean it can happen at any age or it can happen at any age and there's different forms of dystonia so okay. uh so my kids have the genetic dyt1 uh form of dystonia which usually is early onset like when you're a kid um but not always. Like I have a, a close friend that 
uh, two close friends that were just diagnosed and they're in their 30s and 50s uh, with dystonia and it's and it's developing more symptoms uh, you know each month or each year so it's it's very you know it affects people differently like even uh, Tyler and Samantha they the it affect it it presents itself the symptoms present differently from one person to the next so how has that been because now you said Tyler's held 23 23 <laughs> yeah, right. I think that's what I said <laughs> uh, you know is that has that made it difficult for him to to get work professionally like where's he at I mean did he go to school I mean yeah um, so he's smart uh, it's difficult because he, there's, he can't do physical things or balance required for a lot of things. Uh, a lot of times he could do some. So, uh, you know, he uh, uh, finding work is also difficult because you can't, you know, he has, it affects his speech and you can't have a conversation or, or an interview like that it looks uh worse than it is if that i'm not sure that's even appropriate right mm. uh it is uh but but people don't understand it and then it's hard to explain yeah because he can't uh you know readily talk he can text you or email you but even if it's an appointment to get your oil changed or whatever nobody takes an email or a text or what if you need your car serviced on the side of the road and that's these are minor things that 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 he deals with from day to day he gets over those before they were you know putting on your clothes or whatever now now he's he's got a lot more independence uh and can affect that but there were two things on my i would say both of us uh with tyler and i goals and uh and one of them's still open. One is a job where he can make a living for himself and feel comfortable uh, with that. Uh, and two was uh, to have a girlfriend, right? And understand love. Well, he's been through that. He, I could check that off, right? Like awesome, awesome thing uh, to be able to do that a lot of us take for granted. Uh, but he doesn't, and that's good. Now we just gotta find him a job. So, real quick, let me ask a question about the, so, I mean, on the intake, like, I mean, he can comprehend everything that you're saying perfectly fine. It's it's only on the speech and him trying to communicate That's back right. out to you. That's okay, right. So, if yeah, it's, you're like, like, hey, you want pizza tonight? Actually, he's, like, he's uh, <laughs> he excels in that area. Okay. And, and most most do. When they, when they do that deep brain stimulation, they're... They listen to the synapses firing in your brain, mm-hmm. and theirs are firing more rapidly than people without dystonia. And I always equated that like he was very smart. He didn't like he was very intelligent. Uh, he got in the IB program at Eastside, and awesome. Just because of the the social side of things, he's pretty social, but couldn't really mix there. So he ended up going to St. Francis, mixed a little better there. You know, went to Santa Fe for a little while, trying to figure out what he wants to do. He's always had good grades, and uh, you know, he's got a, he's got a great sense of humor, and he's and he's uh, uh, which it's good. You know, uh, that gets me in trouble sometimes. But uh, we were talking about transparency before, like like sometimes adolescent at work, but uh, but it's I think you got to have fun and. It what it lightens the mood sometimes. Yeah, that's super interesting. You know, it's like I don't know. Sometimes I think we all need to do a little bit more research on on a lot of these things. You know, it's 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 so it's so difficult because you like I know I know like walking down the street, you see somebody you know that is under Tyler's circumstances and and. You, you're, there's just always that natural fear because you're just not really sure, right? Like as a as a person walking down the street, you're like, ah, uh, like you just you just 
people fear the unknown, right? And so it's just, what do you, what do you do? What do you say? Yeah, I mean that. That's what it is. It's it's uh, the only thing I can say, and I don't mean it this the way it's going to sound, but it's just ignorance, mm-hmm. right? It's just that people don't understand it, and what they don't understand a lot of times, especially when you're younger, they make fun of, right? For sure. Uh, and that will drive you crazy, right? It used to drive me crazy, but life is all those experiences so i am able to communicate and talk and understand other people that i see that i didn't understand before because of this experience with tyler and samantha and they do i had a there was a friend of mine who had a kid uh that came to luke my youngest son's lacrosse game the other night and he saw tyler in the wheelchair and he said tyler what happened to you you know uh, he didn't know, but out of the mouths of babes, you know, at least he was, he wasn't turned away. He was, he was facing it and asking Tyler, hmm. you know, which I thought was great. And so did, so did Tyler, really. How did, like, how did you coach Tyler through, through that, you know, from a outside judgment and, you know, I got to think that's got to be really, really hard. On, on a kid, I, I, here I am. I, all I'm doing right now is putting myself in the shoes of a parent. Yeah, who have to like face this. What would I? What would I tell my kid? What would I coach my kid on? Like, what were well, the things being said? I, you know, we're in the same boat. Like, like what you would come into is the same thing that Michelle and I do. We don't know if we did it right. We don't know, you know, what the best way to approach it was. Whether you're too tough or or not uh, understanding enough. There's a there's a fine line there, um, and and it's not. This is the truth that that my kids, whether I was just blessed with with their ability to do this, they did more coaching and more understanding because they were really bright in that process mm-hmm. to help us get through it, right. I remember when, when Tyler, when we were trying to figure out what what was going on with Tyler, uh, he had to go through this battery of different tests and painful, like spinal taps and EMGs and whatever else, and and he was ready to give up. You know, he didn't care. And but what he said was, and then he never said anything after this. If I do this, then Samantha may not have to do this. Uh, and then he never said it again. Like he, uh, he did every test he did without complaining. And uh, and I remember just thinking, like I'm not gonna ever, like I don't want to ever say the word pain again, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. I hate certain things. I don't like them, but I still do them. And I always think of what they went through and what a big baby I'm being if I don't say give blood, you know. Like that's a big challenge for me. It never goes well. I always give, right? Um, because I don't want to be selfish enough to think I couldn't do that. <laughs> so it doesn't go well for him. Every time I see a needle, I'm like on the verge of passing out. <laughs> oh man, I'm like I like totally empathize with with that part of it. Like, oh. I, I, you know, Colin, I I like to think that part of my entrepreneurship is uh, I like to think this, right? Uh, but it's it's fearlessness uh like there's nothing and whether it's my spiritual belief or whatever else the bigger the challenge the better for me it's a it's a driver and i and i think you know honesty integrity all those things Mm -hmm. are 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 things that help me uh keep that uh drive uh but Unless it's spiders, like I'm very fearful <laughs> of spiders. Uh, uh, but that's the only thing, because you can't you can't fight back. You don't know where they are, you know. So it's like me, like with needles. It's kind of going back to the giving blood. They knew I was true story. Uh, at the University of Florida when I was in college, they were <laughs> they were doing like flu shots outside of the hub. They're like, oh, like get your flu shot. All you need is your student ID. Like went up there. I'm like, ah, oh, like I should I should do this. So go out there and get my. <laughs> she sticks that needle in my arm. There's all sorts of students like walking by on the sidewalk, and of course, many of them are 
pretty young ladies. I mean, yeah. I was in college, you know, and then I'm like, I'm like, I look at the, I look at the girl and I'm like, I'm going to pass out. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. <laughs> Luckily I didn't, but I came very close. I was like, uh, I, I have a thing with needles. So spiders, needles. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but I also think like anything, like the mind is the most powerful thing and that, that we can overcome any of those fears or pain or whatever else if you if you get your mind right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know, I mean, you have an event coming up with Tyler's Hope as well, uh, fundraising, right? Yes. So this is the Cajun Crawfish Boil, April 24th. Is this for everybody? Anybody yes. can come? Yeah. Cool. Um, Hold this up right here. To a certain extent. So with COVID, uh, this is in 15 acres of fields and we have bands. uh, So it's easy to social distance, mass, you know, uh, we put all the precautions in place to make sure that we're being safe uh, because it is a charity for health. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, that is real important. Um, uh, And we can have, you know, we have the ability to have a lot of people out there, um, but at a certain point, we may uh, cut it cut off. It out. Gotcha. Yeah. The Cajun Crawfish Boil is going to be April 24th, which is a Saturday from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Fox Run. They can buy tickets at tylershope.org? Yeah. Cool. So Thank you guys check it out. We'll make sure that we post that up on our social media as well. We'll get a graphic from you guys or something. Make sure we share that so as well. So we have food trucks and... Cajun or crawfish, you know, uh, uh, bands, different bands, local bands. That'd be fun, man. Let's go. Let's jam out in the fields. It's a lot lot of fun. And and again, all the money goes to Tyler's or to research for Dystonia. Awesome. And uh, so uh, before we wrap up, I want to ask a couple more questions. Um, One of the things that I was really kind of fascinated by when I was you know, doing, doing a little homework uh, on the company culture, you guys have what is called the sundown rule. And I was like really fascinated by this. Uh, can you tell our audience what our what the sundown rule is? Yeah, so the, the sundown rule is a culmination of, of several different things that we put in place. One is do what you say you will do. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a driving thing for the sundown rule. But the sundown rule is making and keeping agreements but we're a, a medical equipment service company first. And so the sundown rule is having a resolution uh, before the, meaning before the end of the day. So what we do is not go home to come back the next day to continue to troubleshoot something or uh, not have a clear path towards what that resolution is. So if, but, but making and keeping agreements, too. I, I, we talked about Josh earlier. Mm-hmm. So Josh was going, we were going to meet Josh downtown. And so you're talking it, about Josh Greenberg. We were talking before the show. But Josh Greenberg was uh, a very successful and, you know, very impactful entrepreneur here in the Gainesville area. Yeah. And uh, he was going to show Tyler, and he, he asked us to meet him down there in the morning, first thing in the morning or whatever. Well, his idea of first thing in the morning was way different than my idea of first thing in the morning. So we <laughs> we had to come back, you know, I'm thinking eight o'clock and he's thinking 11 o'clock. Uh, but, but I always use that example uh, because it's making and keeping agreements. If we say we're going to be there, you have to say, I'm gonna be here at nine o'clock, the part is hold for pickup at eight, you know, whatever. Uh, to, to make sure that you keep that agreement and that you communicate with the people that are well or that are that need to be communicated with to get that problem resolved. Um, the whole idea is before the sun goes down, you have to put all the things in place to have a clear understanding of how you're resolving that problem. Love it. It's great. I mean, core value number five around here is keep promises, you know, and it's a... Yeah, it's one of those things. Do what you say you're going to do. Get it done. Get it done before sundown. So that's a palindrome that I have on my uh, on my board. I have for 25 years, uh, but it, that is also a, something that I've evolved in. Like it could be as simple as you know going out to dinner with friends or or something. Just 
have to do what you say you're going to do all the time and then you're known for that yeah so my final question for you would be you know you've been been an entrepreneur been a serial entrepreneur for you know a long time here do you feel like you've achieved success people always have this like mindset of like oh well like when do you achieve success so I have a couple of answers to that um, one, I think success is 100% effort, right? So whether it's in an athletic event, you don't have to win. If you know you did 100%, right? You, you gave it your all and you had integrity in your decisions towards giving 100%. Like you got to tell your mom you're doing something, you know? Uh, so, uh, but success for me with finding a cure for dystonia it's like a light switch you know like and i don't mean to be taken the wrong way with this we've had impacts it's always fun to see with other family and and helpful but but success is finding a cure right and nothing short of that i knew that i knew that was going to be your answer i just (laughs) i just want to say you know it's like the definition everybody has such you know a wide variety of uh definitions for for success but but when i you know experience somebody you know as talented as yourself and has this mindset and this vision and this focus on the on really this like singular goal like success will be when when it's accomplished when there's a cure that's right like that's that's easy to determine, not easy to accomplish, but easy to determine, and that that would be successful there. Uh, but there are other ways. Like I, I feel very successful in in the businesses. That, you know, some bad, some good, but it's all experiences that have helped build that. And I'm much more blessed than I ever dreamed of being before. Awesome. So. Where can our audience, you know, connect with you? Where can they keep up with what's going on with Intermed or with Tyler's Hope for sure? Like, what are what the websites? Where can they make a donation? So, in the spirit of transparency, uh, <laughs> I, like, I'm out everywhere. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I don't, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, so are companies. Uh, you know, I. It's like. If you're spiritual, it's like someone else looking down on you. Like, don't do anything that you're embarrassed about because everything's out there now, right? Don't try to avoid it (laughs) or worry about getting caught doing it. Just do the stuff that you know you should be doing. Uh, But for us, you know, tylershope.org is is definitely the avenue for the foundation, and it has all kinds of information about Estonia and what were upcoming events, things like that. Intermed1.com uh, is the website for Intermed. Um, you could always call us, you know, our main corporate office is in Alachua. Uh, uh, and, and come to this event, April 24th, Cajun Crawfish Boil, 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah. Uh, and you know one thing I will say because because I, I got this little uh, note the other day from Amazon that said hey we just made a donation uh, to to the uh, nonprofit of your choice uh, because you use Amazon Smile that's what they call it and so uh, we buy new scooter Celeste buys office supplies and gets the Amazon Prime thing we try to keep things as local as possible but sometimes it's just get that Amazon Prime so if you do that. Um, you know, you can support organizations like Tyler's Hope on Amazon Prime, and uh, every once in a while I get an email from Amazon, hey, we just made a donation in mm-hmm. your name. So so make sure you do those little things that you don't even really think about when you like go to Amazon. All you have to do is go to Amazon Smile instead. Um, Rick, thanks so much for making the time to come in, man. Yeah, I appreciate this opportunity, Kyle. It's always fun. It's fun, it's fun to I catch like up with you. It's always yeah. good to, to hear what's going on and, and to even dive deeper into that story and hear and learn a little bit more is always a pleasure. So um, I can't wait for the celebration when you find a cure. It's going to be a big party after. I appreciate it. It is, it is, you know, I always joke. I got, I think it's $235 to bail me out for streaking down university. <laughs> or 
but it's we'll going to be a big party. We'll and, get a bunch of people uh, to join you, I'm sure. <laughs> I, you know, I could see Tyler up on stage, you know, with Snoop Dogg, <laughs> telling everybody, uh, you know, well, whatever. I we, we, we'll get there. Well, can't wait, man. And uh, thanks so much to everybody who listens and supports our show. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much to the crew that makes this possible. We got James Leitner, Sarah Lenz. And once again, I love you, Michael Dees. I'm going to miss you, man. Thank you so much for everything that you've done. You are the best. Um, Podcast fam, if you were driving and didn't have a chance to write down the information of our incredible sponsors that make this show possible, don't worry. You can find all of the information at whoagnv.com slash sponsors. We got links to all of their websites and all of their information right there. And uh, special love this episode to our friends at Gainesville Harley-Davidson. We are personal friends with the crew at Gainesville Harley-Davidson. As a scooter dealer, I call these guys my brothers and sisters from another mother, you guys. Uh, Go ahead and get this in your calendars now. The last Friday of every month is bike night at Gainesville Harley-Davidson. No matter if you're a seasoned rider, a beginner, or prefer four wheels, everyone is welcome at Gainesville Harley-Davidson for fun events like these. Again, bike night takes place the last Friday of every month from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m where Gainesville Harley-Davidson has food, fun, and live music. Remember to always ride safe and never drink and ride. Go to GainesvilleHarley.com to learn more. And when you visit that bike night, be sure to say, I heard you on the WHOA GNV podcast. The podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, whoa. We will see you later. Bye. Bye.